The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All righty. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Looks like we are live and we should be live on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, apparently, and also Rumble. So we are live on four platforms simulcasting this discussion. And we're going to be discussing something that's been an ongoing debate within evangelicalism. And that is the role of women in the podcast, Christian media space. Um, there are some, you know, biblical patriarchy guys that vehemently have a disagreement with the idea of women doing uh, any sort of content in this area, even if it's targeting women. So we're going to get into this debate as it rages on. So, and with me to do this discussion is Berean Babes, Violet Jacuni, who uh, has been very vocal on this topic <laughs> for a while. I've, I've even cited her in an article that I did on uh, Tom Askell when he announced that he was having Ali Beth Stuckey spearhead a women's event at his conference, the Founders Conference, I believe. Um, I had a tweet from you in the article because you've been commenting on this issue for a long time while at least because this <laughs> this is one of those issues that a couple people in evangelicalism have kind of made it an issue whereas it otherwise previously wasn't an issue uh, am i right about that yeah it is right now it is an issue that's kind of like ongoing and i think it's becoming uh, noticeable because the, the disagreements are within the reformed camp. But like, you know, whenever it's, you know, so for example, right, whenever there was um, uh, the, the social justice issue, the work thing, it was like, okay, these people are reformed, but they were actually separate. You'd be like, okay, that issue kind of like separated people even within reformed camp. would be like, okay, you guys are social justice warriors. These people are anti-social justice warriors. So this issue now is happening inside the reformed camp so it's almost kind of like, uh, you know, do we want to talk about this? Because these are like, you know, these are the people on your side, so to speak, right? So that's where the problem um, arises to what I've noticed. Another thing that I think is important to mention in this whole topic is the fact that there has been a series of famous female evangelical, we'll call them leaders, that have system or continuously been letdowns. We can look at Beth Moore. We can look at uh, Tony Evans' daughter, Priscilla yeah, Shire. Shire. Mm -hmm. um, she is heavily pushed these days, and she's prosperity gospel. So she's mm -hmm. even further than uh, Beth Moore, who at least pretends to be somewhat <laughs> orthodox and conservative. Um, and other women leaders like Sadie Robertson Huff, oh, who yeah. is just completely mm -hmm. vacuous and has no business even joining this space. <laughs> um, it's like, okay, well, 
and she's a slow talker, which drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> but it's like but no her grandfather is famous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her whole family's famous, so she mm-hmm. has to be famous too, which is yeah. kind of like the origin story of a lot of these people. Uh, but some of them talented, some of them just riding coattails. Uh, Sarah Jakes Roberts, uh, well, Christine yeah. Kane, uh, a bunch of different figures that are targeted to women in evangelicalism. And the biggest names that you can mention, I don't know how, if we're doing a market share count, what point, like how far down do you have to go to get someone orthodox in this space? It's not Amy Bird. It's not uh, a bunch of other authors we can name. And I think some people are drawing the conclusion that because of all the women leading in this, in the evangelical women speaker circuit or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call big Eva, the big evangelical industrial complex and the role that women play in this specifically in a complementarian lane or patriarchal lane, all of like the, you know, all of the leading women that target conservative Christianity are false teachers to some degree. Yeah. And you have to go pretty far down to find someone orthodox And I think that has some people saying, well, that means that none of them are orthodox. So I think there's a bit of an overcorrection that's in response to this. Yes. Yes. I think that's where the the problem arises because this is not um, this is no longer in the realm whereby, you know, you know, the Beth Moore, the Priscilla Shah, the men who are pushing back as far as the reformed Seku is concerned on this issue. They're not even talking about Beth Moore, right? They're talking about other solid sisters, but they're coming at it in the same way as they would with Beth Moore. So like the pushback is just like, okay, we are also against Beth Moore, okay? We, you know, we like to talk about these things, but we're not trying to become pastors. We're not trying to be the next Beth Moore, right? You know, we just want to be here and quote unquote and do our thing. So but then it's just like, okay, no, you, you ladies, you also need to keep quiet. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? So that's where the, the, the disagreement or whatever the, the issues arises, what I have seen. So let's just ask a blunt question here. What mm. is your thing? <laughs> okay. So the issue that to me that I'm having as far as these issues is concerned, is where men have come out to say that women shouldn't be involved um, in anything whenever it comes to theological things. Only they need to be, it's just devotional theology. It just has to be uh, tied as to whatever else they want to discuss. Uh, if you want to talk about a book, if you want to talk about anything that has to do theology, it has to, it's limited to the home. So if you want to go outside that, that's where the issue becomes. So to me, I'm just like, no, there's no way you can put. Uh, to me, I'm saying that's that get that's gatekeeping theology to women. So you know, nobody, no women out here that I know of that I follow are trying to become pastors. But it's just like okay to say that women should just be exclusively devotional theology only and exclusively titus too only. But it's just like ah, uh, that's where the issue is. So uh, my reading yeah. of Titus two is that it's necessarily a command, but it's not exactly a command to the exclusion of other things. That's what I hold to, but uh, 
you know, says that, you know, older women are to teach younger women, right? You know, about to manage their home, to stay pure, to do all these other things, right? I see that uh, the it's not exclusive, but these are the things that older women can be teaching uh, younger women, which is fine. I'm not against that. But just to limit that, that's this is the only things that women need to learn. That's where I'm I'm disagreeing right. with a particular position. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, are older women allowed to teach younger women to love God? Because that wasn't on the list. I don't think that's on the list, right? Or is it? Yeah, just, uh, you know, to love their husbands, to, you know, to right. be homemakers. But it says, uh, you know, to be pure. You know what I mean? Like, it, so how are you going to have the subject with the woman about to be pure? How are you going to have it? What if a woman is not married? What if a woman is a widow? So how are you going to be teaching that one how to manage their home? Things of that nature. So if you follow it through to take that position, then it's it leaves other women outside, if you understand what I'm saying, right? So that right. only fits, okay, somebody who has children, somebody who is married. Okay. And, and just to read read yeah. the passage, I'll go mm -hmm. ahead and read it. Go ahead. Um, older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to wine, teaching what is good so that they may encourage young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands so that the word of God will not be dishonored. And, you know, this gives a reason. This gives some specifics, but it gives a reason. And I think the so that the word of God will not be dishonored. Uh, the reason is the spirit of the command. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that the you know the things in the command are the only areas of instruction that are necessary or good. Uh, I guess you know to name. Let, let's start naming some names um, <laughs> because some of the figures that the people are going after. Because again, it's not the Beth Moors. And probably the largest, most prominent figure that uh, these types of bros go after, and we'll name their names in a second, would would include someone like Ali Beth Stuckey, who does host a very prominent podcast mm -hmm. called Relatable, which targets women. It's probably one of the top uh, political podcasts that targets women on the right. Uh, I, I think that's a correct characterization. Another one is uh, Megan Basham, who's part of the daily wire she does a lot of writing and reporting on christian church matters just think about you know what evangelical dark web might look like if it was written by a woman and written to a much larger audience called the daily wire that's yeah. who megan basham is she's downstream from us uh you know she you know it's a we we're typically on the ground dealing with a lot of these issues before she ever starts writing about it, but she amplifies it to a much larger audience, and yeah, that's good. Because of her and platform, mm -hmm. useful. Um, yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll get her on sometime in the fall because I know she has a book coming out. So oh, that would be nice. Yeah, that would she's be always nice. busy. That I, would I, actually be nice. Yes. Mm -hmm. So she she's another person who's here and you're you know you're much further down the list <laughs> as am i uh compared to the two names list oh yeah absolutely what, what no. exactly okay so when i asked you know what exactly do you do here earlier is like I, i'm asking like how do you see yourself in this role because i kind of just described what the other two women do uh where do you see yourself in this role because what they're saying also affects you just as it affects them but they they get name dropped the most because they're the most prominent yeah yeah right. for sure yeah, for sure. I do think uh, 
you know, the bigger your platform is, the more eyes that's, you know, uh, scrutiny that anybody else is going to receive. And it just comes with the territory. But I'm for, uh, you know, there are things that women can do in a public square. And I do grant that there are things that uh, women shouldn't do just out of wisdom. So to me, I'm like, okay, if you just want to stay with, within that particular lane, I think it's fine. However, anything that's being uh, brought forth as like, okay, we don't want women to be doing X, Y, Z. If it's not in the scripture, to me, it's just like, okay, so you are creating something that's your preference. And then you're trying to impose that on other people. That's where, to me, I see that as an issue, that I see that as a, pro uh, as a problem. So, you know, there are people who just prefer like, okay, you know what? Uh, they wouldn't want their wives to be uh, to be interacting on social media. They wouldn't want their wives to be uh, on social media. I think that's fine. You know what I mean? A husband can make that decision within a home. It's okay. But the problem comes when they are extending that to everybody else. Like, okay, you know, this lady, the, the husband might be okay with it. So why are you saying that? Especially if it's not in the script. If a guy is coming up to say like, okay, you know what? Uh, you know, women teaching other men, having exercise authority, things like that. That's already in the scripture. I think that's fair game. But if you're going beyond the scripture, I think that's where the issue, uh, that's where everybody takes an issue with. To me, those are the things that I, um, I have seen. And maybe some people might not be aware, but like, you know, this was what was going on, like, you know, on a Twitter storm. It's been happening for quite some time. So, um. Now, you know, like, you know, people ended up deleting the tweets. So if somebody is deleting a tweet, does that mean like, okay, now they've changed their position. That's why they're deleting it or they're just deleting it because they don't want to have that conversation anymore. I don't know. But, you know, the screenshots are there, how these things um, have transpired as far as the social media Twitter is concerned. Yeah. So one thing that I kind of see it as is, first of all, they're attacking the idea of women having any sort of work that not, not necessarily even from outside the home, but that takes place outside the home, if that makes sense. Like the idea that you're working from home, but you're doing work online. So you're working from home, but it, you know, is online. I think that that idea is under attack, but yes. I, see, I, think... <laughs> I see the idea of women having part time work especially depending on, you know, what exactly is the kids, the child situation as not a bad thing. If that makes sense. I, I do think, you know, problems 31 does seem to indicate that, uh, that a worthy woman does something and in some cases seems to have somewhat of an extra, you know, she makes some supplemental income for the household so that that's an indication from proverbs 31 yeah absolutely the thing is uh, mind you it's not just men who are pushing back there's actually women who are also pushing back in this issue but what i'm noticing they're pushing back because they don't lack of an understanding is what to me i'm seeing because these are the things that they're being taught so in terms of, uh, you know, Proverbs 31, right? Uh, the position that a woman cannot work outside the home, you have difficulty to back that up with the scripture because the Proverbs 31 woman, she was out there doing business, right? But everything was centered at the home. So she was doing whatever else she was doing at the, uh, for the benefit of the home. 
So it doesn't matter if a woman is outside, right? Working outside, but like your home is your priority. So your home comes first. So I remember there was somebody who was pushing back at Megat Basham. Oh, you're writing, you're out here fighting the giants and everything. So who's yes. taking care of your children? You see what I'm saying? But you don't know what goes on um, in, in her home. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know what goes on in her home. She says, oh, yo, you know what? I, actually I mean, her children home. also you aren't young, young. Like, they're not yeah, have, exactly. like, young children yeah. that need constant yeah. supervision. Yeah. So it doesn't recognize. Um, it, it tries to make a one shoot shoe size fits all yes, exactly. type of yeah. scenario in ways that do it doesn't really count that way. Like what mm -hmm. about empty nesters? What about yep. uh, people who are married, but not yet pregnant or even pregnant, but you know, yeah. they can do a, something online. Like it, let's not pretend that tweeting is work yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for some people it is, but <laughs> yeah. uh, I hear the ad rates on Twitter are going way down. <laughs> Just like, you know, on YouTube, they haven't been all that good this month. Um, but yeah, th there, there's something about that. I Again, I'm not, you know, my wife's a stay at home mom. She doesn't, uh, she occasionally works outside the home to do like cleaning jobs for people, a uh, word of mouth basis. So she's done things like that. Um, and I have no problem with that. It earns a, a little bit of cash on hand, like an ATM for us. But other than that, you know, uh, you know, we have two young kids, so it's not the most feasible. But I'm not going to act like, you know, if she wanted to um, start like writing or uh, podcasting or whatever, that that's going to be like, completely out of bounds if anything i'm just gonna say that's I, i'm gonna basically from my experience say you're gonna need to put in a lot more work than you think you need to do and mm -hmm. you need to decide whether or not that's worth it before you even start type of thing um so that's kind of where i see it but we're also not in the situation where that's necessarily uh practical but again 20 years from the from the from now things might be different so there's a lot of once shoe size fits all to go along with this scenario and i don't think it's the most biblically grounded because again proverbs 31 seems to indicate okay women can do some part-time work is it wrong for say a woman to have an etsy shop uh let's just get all, all out of the media space for a second is is an etsy shop off limits no it is not up either whatever a woman is doing you might have an etsy shop right but if that's taking away your responsibility at the home then you have the things upside down so it's not just something that's uh kind of like permissible for a woman to be doing right what is what are your priorities within life so you can have an online shop which is going to take you to put in work but are you putting that work at the expense of your home so those are the things that us outside looking in, we, we there's no way we would tell, right? But these are the things that are happening within the home. So like, yeah, somebody may be a stay-at-home mom, literally. But guess what? They are so lazy. Your home, but the home is not kept. So then you're looking like, so what is it that you're doing, right? So it's not just you being at home. There's work for you to be done. But women at home, they, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're just so lazy. We ask, like, oh, you know, I, I'm so tired. I've been taking care of the toddler and everything. You know what I'm saying? So, like, just because a woman is staying at home, that doesn't mean um, they get a pass. There's stuff to be done even when you're home. So are those things in order? Are you taking care of business when you're home? 
Yeah. And I think that, you know, that applies to men, especially, uh, you know, when it comes to the conversation of, say, video games and men and, and stuff like that. Some people like no video games ever. And then other but there's, you know, first of all, it's legalistic and pharisaical. Second, well, <laughs> if a guy is taking care of all his other responsibilities, uh-huh. you know, what a little bit of leisure isn't wrong. Everything no. balanced and, you know, temperance is a fruit of the spirit. Uh, if you use the King James. Um, so that that there's, there's a balancing act. And I think uh-huh. there is a balance between biblical patriarchy and female content creators now, obviously, I do think there are some limits, and that is, you know, when there's obviously uh, some sort of sex appeal going on. Like you see that with certain, there's a certain Catholic account that that's definitely the case with. Um, there's also a scammer in, you know, among Evangelies. Um, her name's like Stephanie something. But she's like this scammer on Twitter that used to be an OnlyFans model that suddenly came to Christ and then, you know, has all the relationship drama and baggage of the OnlyFans model, you know. So she's started, she did like a GoFundMe campaign to evangelicals and then, you know, deleted her account temporarily when people started asking questions about the money. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, I think it's Born Again Steph is the account just to name drop the handle. Oh, okay. I think I remember seeing something like that. Right. So Mm. that's wrong. Uh, There's a line to draw there because that's someone who's clearly using sex appeal and simp culture to build some sort of platform. Yeah, no, that's... mm. Uh, There's also like some Catholic... I don't know if it's like religious hippie or something like that. It was like there's some sort of Catholic account that does a lot of simping like that as well. That's also wrong or relying on sim culture to build a platform. But you don't see that with people like Ali Stucky or no. Megan Basham. No, I've never um, seen anything like that. Like, yeah, because plus those guys, you know, they already have a platform. So, uh, you know, so why would they want to do something? You don't necessarily like that? see that. Uh, Jenna Ellis might be someone else to name drop in the conversation. Again, I don't yeah, she's quite know how old as well. she is. Yeah, she's huge as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Law is a different animal as far as, you yeah. know, uh, it's not exactly a profession I would recommend for my daughters <laughs> um, just because it's not exactly a profession that's very conducive to being yeah a wife and a mother. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, the hours that you, you know, the hours that you have to put in, you, how are you going to manage that, put in those hours and then at home? So that's, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Allie McBeal came out 20 years ago, but that's basically single female lawyer as a show. So, and predictably, that's what it is. And that was, I think, also the inspiration loosely for She-Hulk, which was, again, uh, also about a mid-30s single lawyer. (laughs) So, not exactly the most conducive. Um, So, there's a couple... Uh, oh, okay, Innovation HQ's got a challenge on uh, one argument opposing video games would be to say that they are child- childish. First Corinthians thirteen eleven. <laughs> I think that's a stretch of the argument because I, I, I feel like there's different types of, of video games. Yeah, mm. yeah, we're, we're not all playing Mario Kart. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like grand strategy. I, I mean, that's that's kind of where I I like. 
like to go. So I, that's kind of what I'm into. Um, so th- those are just some thoughts on, but then there's a, a sometimes uh, some of these uh, patriarchy bros, I'm a patriarchy bro, but I'm not in agreement with them necessarily is that they try to then say, uh, going back to one of the tweets that you referenced, which is actually from a wife of one of these uh, guys was she was saying that women don't need to be joining the fight. And that's referencing, you know, social media, you know, evangelical Twitter, evangelical YouTube, writing articles like that. Anything in the fray is off limits and kind of relating that to combat roles. And I think, first of all, sending a tweet (laughs) isn't a combat role. Uh, And writing an article, again, isn't combat role. Like, am I just out of touch for saying for saying that or is like to me i think that was a gross exaggeration or a mixing of categories i think it is but uh, remember these people this latest framework is there shouldn't be any interaction between a male and a female especially when it comes to a disagreement so it's almost like oh okay you a woman what are you doing disagreeing with uh with this guy Okay, so that's why they are coming with that issue. Like, oh, okay, so you're out here, you know, fighting, quote unquote, this culture was. You should be home taking care of your, your babies, right? So I'm like, okay, so how do you know that this woman is fighting this culture was? So you are also on this space, which made you able to see that she's fighting with somebody else. Because if you are home, then you, you, have, you, you shouldn't know anything that's going on on Twitter. But because you're also on Twitter, you're able to see those things. So I thought that was way, that's just a stretch. Now I get it that, okay, there is wisdom, okay? Not every controversy that rises, you want to be finding yourself in there. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, you know what? Some things, you know, let it go, leave it alone. There's wisdom to that. But there's nothing wrong with uh, engaging with with other people. In fact, that's how, you know, that's what Twitter is all about, right? You are engaging uh, these ideas back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, you don't have to find yourself in every controversy that's on Twitter. I think that's wisdom. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely wisdom and also not arguing with women on Twitter. I've heard people say have that. Yeah, there's other men, literally, they won't respond to a woman no matter what they say. When it's negative, they don't respond. When they say something good, they respond. I'm like, you know, you have to keep it consistent. If you don't respond to women, then it, it should just be uniform. Whether they say something good, something nice, something bad, just don't respond. But if it's something good, they, oh, thank you for that. When it's pushback, cricket. So I'm like, you know what? You don't have a consistent position. So yeah, I, I don't, don't take a, those people. Seriously. I mean, I don't have a consistent position, but I also don't articulate one. It's fine. But like Generally, my You don't have one, is... it's okay. But uh, there's people who actually articulate, that's their position. But I'm like, okay, but I see you responding to other women when they say something nice about you so then i take it like okay you don't believe in your position <laughs> right to me like unserious responses get unserious responses <laughs> is my kind of uh role so uh kind of what i do at least you know if you look at me in the you in the comment section if i interact with people i'll just troll the trolls because you can't <laughs> out troll a troll is how i view it so there's kind of that nuance and like any and they would say that people like Ali Stuckey and Megan Basham are in the fray. And quite frankly, I think Megan Basham is kind of 
is somewhat like a Deborah figure. She kind of shouldn't be. But if you look at people like the conservative Baptist network, they wouldn't run with the Jennifer Lyell thing. The obvious situation on her being an adulterous woman, mm -hmm. they would not pick that up. They wouldn't touch that until after Megan Basham wrote about it. And again, yeah. she wasn't early to that. She wasn't early to that revelation. Yeah, that story was already out there. But yeah, that, you see, that story's so, from 2019. Yeah, it matters. Fight that premise. You know, like yeah, because guys, they don't want to touch that. Because remember, you know, things have changed, right? This is a Me Too era movement, Church Too movement. So if a man writes something like that, it'll be like, oh, you're slandering this woman. You know how it is. But like, okay, this is another woman who is coming from it from this particular angle. Then it's just like, you know, people be like, oh, you know, let's take a look at this. So like, yeah, it brings, uh, and plus, you know, she's a reporter. So she's done good work. She yeah. does have, um, she does have credibility with her writings. So I think it's, you know, uh, if, if Jury always had written that, right? I personally wouldn't have even bothered because I'm just like, ah, uh, Jury, what are you saying? Right. But Megan, okay, let me take a look, you know, so makes a difference. Yeah, I mean, Julie Royce is like, you know, your grade yeah, A she... scam, uh, <laughs> sort of a scammer, um, but, but she was right. kind of a hypocrite for everything that she talked about. Yeah, Cause, but because like she's... anything related to finance, it's like she uses a <laughs> she uses a liberal college to funnel money to her business. Yeah, so that's Julie. Via tax deductible I... donations. Oh, yeah. But Which she... is extremely shady. And then she's also a groomer, <laughs> according but to that, her own on book. On her book, yeah. So, but, like, next time, like, she might be writing something that's actually real and legit. But because she's done all these things throughout her writing, it's just like, um, who wrote that, Julie Royce? All right, let's keep it moving. You see what I'm saying? Who wrote that, Megan Basham? Oh, what? What is she writing? So, you know, that's what happens. Uh, I'm going to bring up another topic as well. And that kind of has to do with like women in political office. You see a lot of this, especially locally when someone's kind of, you know, there is one lady that I was helping on the campaign trail last year who was a you know grandmother who was, you know, longtime political activist running for a state delegate and. That's another uh, controversial topic is the idea of women in political office, because that is actually much more of a fray, an actual fray than actual politics is. Mm -hmm. um, so I got um, Exodus 1811s being cited by Innovation HQ. Mm -hmm. Let me pull up that verse, which talks, which is Jethro talking to Moses, basically telling Moses that he needs to delegate some of you know the authority to deal with the petty items yeah so um that's the issue going on in that passage and the qualifications um was about men oh yeah 21 and tw so that that's the uh counsel that he receives and verses 20 uh furthermore you shall select out of all the people Able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place these over them as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens. Let them judge the people at all times, and let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you, but every minor dispute they themselves will judge, so it will be easier for you 
and they will bear the burden with you. So that is the counsel that Jethro gives Moses in Exodus 18, 21. And I read more than just 21. Um, so what do you think of that as it relates to our current political situation? Do you see yourself ever running for office? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... When it comes to that, you know, I do hold an extreme position than to, to other people. I do believe that there are just certain things that uh, women shouldn't be doing. I get it that people are going to do for one reason or the other. But like, you know, every the leadership that you're going to find in scripture is on male, male leadership. There's places for women. I just don't see that uh, sitting at the political table is one of them. Now, uh, well, the problem is you don't see a good example in scripture of that. You have uh, Jezebel, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but um, like, yeah, you have that, uh, Jezebel's daughter, or <laughs> granddaughter, or whatever, uh, Athaliah yeah. or something like that. But that's all judgment, you know what I mean? Yes. Like, you know, Isaiah 3 says, when you have women and children, you know what I mean, uh, ruling over you, that's that's the sign of a judgment. So to me, I do look at it like, okay, so what is this woman going to be doing? This is not like, okay, you know, maybe, I don't know, you're I, something at the school board, you know, but like if you're going to be, you know, it's politics where you're making these policies, you're making these decisions. I don't know. Do I don't trust a woman to be making those decisions if you're asking me. So it's just like, okay. So what happens when, say, there's a female governor that's actually competent? And actually good relative to the United States in the, in the governors in the United States. No, I, I get it. We a, have a situation like that because I, yeah, I you have like that Sarah, apparently she's doing exists. a good job. You know, Sarah Who? Huckabee, you know, Sarah, Sarah Huckabee, Huckabee okay. she, you know what I mean? She's doing a good job. I, right. I get it. Like, you know, that's what she's doing. That's fine. But like, to me, would I support, you know, do I support women holding that, those type of leadership? Like, do I support, what's the name, the judge name, Amy Corbett, whatever, like, do I support that? I don't. But I get it, that's the office that she's holding. Like, okay, she's I doing mean, a job, <laughs> praise the Lord. But I don't Oh, she's not women. doing a good job, actually. She, yeah, like... <laughs> there are that, no good that's women That's actually proving my point. <laughs> like, she was good on Roe v. Wade and overturning that, and then nothing probably else. what she had to be... <laughs> She probably would have had to have been against that decision in the first place to mm. get the job because you have those kind of con conversations. Yeah. But so, at the end of the day, she's not a good justice. She was a COVID Karen. And, you know, she's basically voted with the left more times <laughs> more than, than not. But also, Ray, just because a woman is doing a good job, that but doesn't if, mean that women should be holding those positions. Right. I don't support women in combat. Okay, I don't, I don't care. Like, oh, you, you're just gonna be there in the military, you're gonna be in, like, no, women don't belong. You know, I don't support women uh, in combat, I don't support women to be uh, police women. Okay, I don't support those things. Are they women who are actually in those positions doing good job? Yes, they are. But to me, I'm just like, you know, biblically, just like I don't think these, these are the areas that women should be saving. That's, that's the position that I hold. So, you know, the, the same apply to, uh, to politics. Yeah, I mean, some of, I think in some cases, there are women who step up when no one else will. That's a sign I, I of do, judgment. 
I get yes. it. Like, yeah, the women are going to step up and they'll actually do a good job than men. I grant that. But is that the ideal? Is, you know, can you defend that biblically speaking? You know what I mean? I don't even know if that's the norm because yeah, who's the no. most conservative woman in Congress? I'm sure they're there, but you Debbie know. Debbie Leska? They're Debbie not that Lesko, famous. Maybe? Uh, out of Arizona, perhaps Marjorie Taylor Greene is kind of like, eh, oh, like she's all over the place, like yeah, because you, know? you know you're supporting Kevin McCarthy, which was a dumb. Um, yeah, so Lauren Bober, but each of them has gotten divorced while in office. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. This it's because you know Lauren Bober is completely let me leave my man now that I'm so I can know, I can save like in politics. Yeah, I can be a celebrity. Yeah, so the issue that that's you see it comes down to that, like you know, a priority of a woman is a home. So anything that's gonna take you away from home, then to me, I just say like, okay, you're going the opposite direction. Because how can you be doing all that? Like you know, you you're living in DC, your family is in Minnesota, because that's where the government is. Who's taking care of your children? Who is managing your your home? Who is watching over your husband? What time are you spending? So all that is just a lot of work, like realistically there's no way you can be holding it down you know what i mean maybe out of 10 there might be one who is doing it but they it, that would just be exception not the rule so to me i see like ah no you know it's fine like we accept it culturally these are the things that are happening but you know like i don't think so you know uh someone's bringing up a tommy tuberville or is it tuberville i have a little story about him i almost oh, interviewed tommy him once is that but the one I, the, the 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 one she was in the military? She's in a wheelchair. Is that her? No, Tommy Tuberville's a senator from Alabama. I almost interviewed him once during his primary oh. cycle. Oh, that's the one who's holding up the 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 military. He doesn't want them to be paying for the. Uh, I think that's yeah. him, right? I I guess according to the comment, yes. <laughs> and I just wanted to say, like, I almost interviewed him once, and then his campaign manager backed out when I kind of oh. gave him a rundown of what the questions would oh, be. Okay. I've kind of been suspicious of him ever since. But apparently, <laughs> not necessarily his issues, fault. So. But you know, he, but I don't think he's he's definitely not the worst senator uh, for sure, and definitely upper quartile i don't even know who's the best senator anymore but again uh josh holly would would be up there i think josh Hawley's actually a christian which is nice ted cruz is apparently a lot more liberal than you think he he's catholic <laughs> no, ted cruz is baptist ted cruz is baptist i thought he was catholic southern baptist mike pence is baptist I guess you Ted know, Cruz went goes to Ted like Second Catholic. Baptist Church Houston or First Baptist Church Houston. Oh, well, I didn't know that. I thought he, he was Catholic. Oh, I thought he was Catholic. He's a politician. Nah. No, his father Raphael Cruz was an evangelical pastor. Oh wow! Okay, he's a PK. Mm, interesting. So, but yeah, uh, yeah, he's just not super, super interesting. Uh, interested in bringing the Bible to politics, and I think <laughs> that's kind of been Ted Cruz's downfall uh i i would say but back to the subject at hand like who's the best woman senator who's the best woman politician best woman governor is probably chris uh i think um, this huckabee lady she she looks like she's doing jim reynolds i think has probably had the most proven track record oh yeah the one in um iowa iowa yes you know that one the one in iowa and, and she's actually you know very much above average um, i would say she's you know even without a grading on a curve, she's actually well above the average, um, which is 
again, shocking, but I think she's also kind of a grandmother. So there's a little bit of that, but, okay. but then after her, I guess Sanders, Huckabee Sanders is mm-hmm. also up there as well, but she's new. So I don't know how much she's uh, done. Nope. Uh, and she has a very good legislature. She has a very good legislature that was whipping Asa Hutchinson in the shape. Mm. So overriding his vetoes on oh, certain okay. legislation. Because yes. they, they only have simple majority to override a veto in Arkansas. Oh, well, okay. That's good. Because I think I was reading somewhere. That that. Now they, you know, I think they're enforcing um, marked paper ballots for all, <laughs> all elections there. <laughs> Just you know, paper ballot uh, only. <laughs> and then same same Riza says every childish childless politician over the age of 38 is immediately useless or immediately why'd I say useless? Um, um that would include certain presidential candidates. Uh what's his face out of South Carolina? Well, she Tim has Scott. kids, yes, she... Tim Scott. Oh is not. Oh, he's not. He's, Un, he's uh, mysteriously unmarried in his 50s male senator from oh. the state of South Carolina. Which okay. one am I describing? Lindsey Graham or <laughs> Tim Scott? Graham. Oh, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that about Tim Scott. I knew about it. It's also him. true about Lindsey Graham. So, yeah, Lindsey Graham. Everybody knows that, you know. So, he's a single man chosen to save his country. <laughs> but on average, because of a lot of, you know, patriarchal nature and stuff like that, women politicians tend to be really bad. Human nature just kind of dictates that, you know, the average female politician is probably going to be really liberal. If you look at Nikki Haley's presidential campaign, what is it? It is, I'm going to neocon the hardest and I'm a woman. That That's the two tenets of her uh, campaign. So when John Hagee supports her, is it because she's an, a Zionist or because he's into the gynocracy? Which one is it? John I think Hagee? the Zionist part, especially if it's John Hagee. <laughs> especially if it's John Hagee. But yeah, these are the things um, that's what happens when women are put in leadership position or if they're aspiring to leadership position. That's their thinking and those are the things they're going to do because that's the nature of that's the nature of women. That's just how things work. That's right. why it's just like, you know, certain things, it's like, do you want women to be in these instances, right? Like, you know, you're going to be there. You have to make a decision like, okay, you know what? We need to go to war. You know what I mean? Then like, you'll be like, wow, but my son is, is, is in the military. You know what I mean? Are you going to make that decision? Uh, so it's different. I mean, I think certain political roles might function better for women, particularly state level. Like school board, I think, functions well for women. Yeah, I think to me, something that's small and local like Even that. Even like a state senate, state delegate kind of thing because of how part-time that work is and the session's not always in session. I could see a situation which that's justifiable, mm-hmm. but... Usually those are ty- the types of jobs for people trying to climb the ladder. And I'm not against ladder climbing. I think, you know, again, politics is a good aspiration for people to have. I'm not against people trying to have that aspiration. Just like I'm not against, you know, we should be suspicious of people trying to have that aspiration. No, necessarily no. I mean, people are going to have like, people who yeah. are, you want 
biblical Christian politicians in office. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you definitely want to get in the high office. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it'll make a difference. It's it'll be actually a good thing. It'll just it'll make a uh, um, a difference. I mean, I I love to have those women who are actually Christians because we already have women in those areas, right? We already have women in Congress, in Senate, and everything. So if only they can just be true born again Christian women. I think it will actually make a difference. Yeah. But, because, mm-hmm. you know, part of the, one of the, I don't want to say snotty questions of the whole Christian nationalist debates is, okay, we pray for the leaders to repent and believe in the gospel. Okay, what happens if they do? Or what happens if a Christian gets into high office? How are they then to govern? So, you know, if a female politician comes to Christ, should they resign? Because, you know, they're out they're They might be out of, uh, God's created order, or, you know, their leadership might be a judgment on mankind. Is like, should that yeah, should the logical to... response to hearing the gospel be that they resign, or should it be that they govern Christianly? No, it, it, no, anything that you, if like you know, what happens if it, you know if somebody found Christ because they were stripping at the strip club, should they continue stripping at the strip club so that they can be witnessing to the other strippers? You'd be like, oh no. You need to stop because that's that's a very dangerous territory for you. You know what I mean? Maybe right. 10, 5 years later, somebody is going over there to witness to them like, okay, you know what I mean? So there are yeah, certain things that you want to have. going to the strip club to witness. <laughs> yeah. No. But what I'm saying is there are certain things that once you, you know, if the Lord finds you in that particular situation, there are certain things that you, you definitely need to change. You see what I'm saying? You definitely need to change. Like, okay, you know what? Mm. I'm here, you know what I mean? My, uh, You know, I want to be next this, whatever, but I'm doing these things at the expense of X, Y, Z. Like, okay, no, you need to go do things in order, in the right way. Because now the Lord has saved you. Now you want to save him. And there's no way to me you would be saying like, okay, no, they continue to be doing that if it's in contradiction what God prescribes. So no, you stop. You know, like you, 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 you can no longer continue to be doing those things. Yeah. Uh, you know, if the job is sinful in and of itself, I would you know, 100% agree with that uh-huh. for sure. Uh, so let's kind of get back more to the theological context, because I think the political context, yes, that's messy, because if you were yes, for like with your post, yeah. who's going to take that post? And I, I think. And yeah, I think Sam Reza, Reza gets it right in that political office doesn't hold spiritual authority, so it's not inherently sinful. But it's also not ideal. Like I, I yeah. do believe, you know, hey, the 19th Amendment was a mistake. I think every data point of data that we have uh, definitely contributes to that finding. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, single women are the most liberal voting block in the country, or at least <laughs> one of them. Yeah. And that's why they want Taylor Swift to be the most popular mus- <laughs> musician. <laughs> yeah. She is marketed to single white women. So what do and they want she to does create? Have a for single white yeah. liberal women. She and, does have a following. No, you know, holding a but, you know, politics is not sinful. Holding a political position is not sinful, but it's those are the things we, but we it's are not going ideal. Bad. It's not ideal, especially for a woman. You see what I'm saying? So just like, okay, do you want that person to remain in the office at the expense of her children and her husband at home now that she's come to Christ? I'll say, no, leave that issue. Your priorities at home. Your priorities are your children. Because we know women who have 
um, foregone getting married, all these other things because they were pursuing career. Now they're at the end of their life, they're looking at it like, wow, you know, these are the mistakes that they made. It's not wrong for them to get educated. It's not wrong for them to have a corner office. But at what expense are you doing those things? What, 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 what's most important in, uh, in your life? So for me, that would be the assessment. If it's somebody, okay, this is a grandmother. She's done. She doesn't have anything else. Okay, you know, just finish up your time. You know what I mean? Save the Lord in, in this political arena. But if you have little ones at home, you have a husband, and you, your priority is your, is your constituency at the expense of your home, then I think we have a problem. Yeah, so, but I do got to say on this, and same Reza, Reza with another comment, my friend's wife refuses to vote for a woman running for office. I would have a tough time voting for a woman president. And Good. I, I, I've said this, at a, I was at a meeting with some local activist uh, earlier this week, and I said, like, if Nikki Haley wins the primary somehow, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but if mm -hmm. she were somehow to win the primary running on i am a, i'm the woman even though she has zero accomplishments other than you know tearing down statues before black lives matter made it cool if that is who wins it's game over for the republican party you, you can't fight feminism with feminism <laughs> that doesn't work that's you know pro-life movements learning at the hard the hard way so I do think there is something that, you know, legislature, okay, maybe that's a little bit different, but head of state, I think that's a, that's not going to work. I do think. Also, I've, certainly not with the caliber of women who have been closest to getting to the high office. office. I mean, can you imagine President Kamala? Oh, no, that can never happen. <laughs> But I do think whosoever is going to be the nominee is going to have a, a VP woman just so they, you know, they can also appeal like, oh, OK, we know we can also appeal to women. I could see DeSantis having Kim Reynolds as his running mate. Yeah. And I can see Trump having Kelly Lake. As... Oh, that would be such a disaster. I think she, I think she's, she's you, you she's don't buy the that. you don't elevate the cow when she's giving you the milk for free, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but she's vying for that. She's going to want to get <laughs> all the work she's doing. Oh, man. Even if I was her, I'm like, no, this what the work she's doing. Think it's for free. No, I want that office. I mean, when Trump chose Pence, it wasn't because he was simping for Trump. It was because Pence was a good way to secure the evangelical vote. So Trump made a strategic decision with Pence in 2016. It would not be strategic in any way, shape or form in, on any planet and any universe <laughs> to choose Carrie Lake as his running mate. I think that's what he's going no to do. No way. Her, her, her stock is tanked uh, post-2022. We'll see. If she, if she were governor, different story, different conversation. But she's a nobody, essentially. So that, that ship is sunk. But I do think that, a, that, you know, the Kim Reynolds prediction that I said was possible. I think Trump he might go with someone like a Christy Nome. He might go with someone like uh, maybe Kim Reynolds, but I doubt she would take the job. No, um, Trump likes Kelly Lake's personality. 
and uh, she knows how to play the game. You think so? Okay. I mean, she's a rhino. She's a liberal (laughs) who knows how to cozy up to Trump. Mm -hmm. There's some strategic value in using her as a VP. Um, Again, to me, the VP candidate should be someone who can actually help you win an oh, election. Oh, what am I? F- I think maybe Vivek but... actually, because I think either to me, I think it's between Vivek and Kelly Lake. Vivek and Kelly Lake. That's those are gonna be in Team Trump. I'll be betting on. That's my bet. My bet is Trump doesn't pick a running mate because I don't think he'll have the time. Um, I don't think Trump's gonna win. That's just me, but. Uh, that's just my take. That's my hot take. Uh, buy my take while it's low because I think <laughs> the stock is going to go up. <laughs> Nowhere to go but up, you could say. So let's get back to the theological yes. implication because to me, one thing that's under attack is women-only spaces because that's what I see something like Ali Beth Stuckey's Relatable Podcast. That is a woman's space. That, that is a podcast that's marketed to women. Doesn't mean that women exclusively are the only ones watching it. But mm-hmm. let's be real. I've listened to it in the past. It's just not my cup of tea because I'm a guy. She's a that's little what... softer than I would be. <laughs> uh, a lot nicer than I would be. She's a woman. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I need, you know, it's just not for me. It's more so for my wife. <laughs> So I pawned her off on my wife. Um, I said, you would like her. But it's not for me. And I know that it's not for me. That's fine. And, but, so I think women can have podcasts. And you certainly see a lot of these people make podcasts that are men's spaces. And I think that's completely fine. But if a woman's space engages in theology, that's where you have some people having an issue mm-hmm. yeah although i think even with the political angle i think some people have an issue with that as well because that's you know work outside the home but we've kind of already covered that topic yeah. but on the theology angle you do you engage in theology uh I, what's your justification for your own existence i, <laughs> <laughs> I do think that uh, i do think that Especially in a public square, where woman is involved in these things. I think the theological part has to be limited. Okay, what do I mean by that? So, for example, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't do like you know, I would talk theology with somebody who is a non-Christian. Okay, <sighs> like okay, oh, you believe this whatsoever? I can do that over here, like on the public. But there are just certain topics. I wouldn't discuss publicly, even though I know those particular topics. I just wouldn't do it. Just so, for me. Can you just name an example? Okay, so for example, I wouldn't do uh I wouldn't do eschatology um debate with anybody. Okay. Okay, like th- that I wouldn't do. I have the position that I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm good over here, but I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't um even just deeper things theologically, I wouldn't discuss that especially with somebody who is a christian a, a male i'll do that with a female publicly but i wouldn't do that like with a guy even if the person is a christian i wouldn't do it that's just the thing that i've that's what i to me those are the areas that i'm like no i'm not gonna go there if somebody is not a christian then no topic is off limit but if somebody is a believer 
I won't do it. I mean, it's evangelism. And, you know, Rick Warren tried to pervert the idea that, you know, in order for women to participate in the Great Commission, they had to be pastors. Yeah, that's... When it's like, the Great Commission isn't just for pastors. Yeah, yeah, that's Rick Warren, you know. So, he tried to pervert that, but I'm going to, you know, apply the more, you know, universally understood meaning of that. And it's not just for pastors, it's for all believers. Yeah, yeah. And all believers um, should be spreading the good news of the gospel. So I don't have an issue with that at all. Like as far as what you said about there's no topic off limits because always be ready to give a defense for what you believe. Yeah. You know, so we we can go to first Peter three 15. And I think that applies to women as well. Yeah. Uh, So if someone's trying to ask you questions about what the Bible says, there's no reason you know, for a woman to be equipped to answer that question, yeah. I think it is good, actually. Yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely, definitely. But to me, it's just like, okay, you know, uh, or like, okay, let's, I don't know, whatever subject that you want to bring up, if it's a, it, on a, in, a, in a debate way, I won't do it. If we're just talking, we just discuss, oh, I think about this, then that's fine, I'll do that. But like, you know, like, okay, kind of like, uh, remember, what's the name? Ali Bestake had right. uh, Candice's husband, right? Oh my gosh! You see and what she I mean? wrecked him, from what yeah. I what I've heard, because he's like Catholic you... answers level. No, it's actually no. That's not what happened. Did you really? watch the whole thing? No, I watched the whole thing. So to me, uh, I don't know. Maybe the audience uh, uh, might have watched. It. I, I've heard. Oh, you've heard. So like, I think um, she took it for granted that. She, you know, I'm I'm gonna be speaking to a Catholic, so all I need to do is just one two. But then you come in with that guy, like you know, and then he has that British accent. You know what I mean? He actually knows his stuff, so he was able to slide in things there that it'd be like, no, you know what? Cut him here, cut him here, cut him here. But she wasn't able to do that. So you don't okay? think she was effective? No, she wasn't. She could have been if, uh, you know, I watched the whole thing. I've, you know, I follow Ali Beth, Beth, I see it. And I think she even admitted herself as much. Like, okay, she wishes maybe she could have sent somebody who is a theologian or somebody else to have done it. Like, no, you know, that guy didn't need anybody else theologian. But like, these are the things that you'd be like, okay, it's Catholic. You know what? I can just take that person down. You know what I mean? Then the guy comes in, he knows his stuff. You're going back and forth. You find out, oh man, you know what I mean? He's got me. You know, did she bring the gospel? Yes, she was able to bring the gospel. But if you, you know, if you follow debates, if you were to gla- to, you know, put a mark on it, the guy owned um Ali. That's just what happened. You know what I mean? And the Catholics they were going there clapping, like, yeah, hey, we got this, we got this. So for me, something like that, I would engage him because, like, okay, he's Catholic, no problem. But like, you know, when Ali did that, it just, you know, just that particular example, like, okay, you know what? There are certain things that women, like, you you might want to do it, but I don't think it's wise for you to do it. And if you want to do it, you just have to be prepared. You just can't take it for granted that, oh, you know what? He's Catholic. So I think that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, if I were to debate Catholicism, like, I would really only go with two things. One is the Mariolatry. And two is the legitimacy of the papacy. Yes. This so, would be my two objections. And I would just stay on those issues because I think everything else 
could be a semantical issue. <laughs> like the whole faith without works thing could turn into semantics. She brought those things but up. But to me, just stick with your core <laughs> issues. One, the, there is no lineage from Pope Francis to Peter. <laughs> it is so broken. It is so historically retconned. That's the true. Pope spent 70 yeah. years in, in France and not in Rome. <laughs> yes, and there were two popes at some point. Yeah, and then that's happened. Yeah. Uh, maybe even three popes at one point. Yeah. Because I think no, she, she it resigned and then there's Italy and France competing with different popes and stuff like that. When one pope yeah. resigned, that was the pope that resigned before Benedict resigned. And then Mariolatry because Immaculate Conception is pure heresy. And I'd yeah, had no know. problem uh, drawing the straight line from perpetual virginity to co-redemptrix. Which is going to yeah, be Catholic Mary. dogma probably yeah, in the next 50 years for all we know. Uh, yeah, so so those would be my two core issues because I would debate. I think I could you know, stand the strongest on those issues um, because those are, those are my biggest objections to Catholicism. Which are definitely valid. She brought those up, but the guy, you know, brought his apologia to those things and, you know... Um, she wasn't able to stand on her. I, I mean, I think the worst example I've seen is um, when the Students for Life woman debated Destiny, the live, the Twitch streamer. I, I'm not familiar on the life on the life issue, and got way too emotional when he, you know, brought up the idea of you know who's actually killing babies here. Oh, so okay. that that was like the worst. And Lila Rose and uh, Kristen's Hawkins or something like that, as uh -huh. students for life, is like they got owned. Oh yeah, because Lila, I think she's Catholic. I think she's Catholic. Like you know, she's Catholic. Well, I, I think it it wasn't the Catholicism that brought them down. It was the you know, yeah, it, but it, like they were women going up against the snotty middle school <laughs> type of guy, and they got two. He got them off kilter. So, yes, you know, well, if your theology is not intact when you, you know, when you. Well, it's not even theology. I think it's just you're too feminist. <laughs> and you don't you don't want to admit that you don't want to take your own argument, your own beliefs to its logical conclusion. If you're not willing to do that on the life issue, you shouldn't be debating. Mm -hmm. And I'm not really much of a debate me bro channel. Like I said, if I were to ever to debate a Catholic, I would just stick to two issues because that's mm -hmm. and you just know, bring the it. only two issues I really need. And, yeah, that's the strongest hill to the stand on but i'm not really much of a debater but i have tried to challenge people to a debate on christian nationalism because you don't see that going on and no one oh. there's crickets when you ask no you that. know that's no <laughs> crickets <laughs> um oh, maybe we should do that one we could do but christian uh, yeah oh, you, i thought you don't debate men <laughs> but uh <laughs> uh but uh What's funny okay. is uh, in two weeks, I think it's two weeks. So on the 14th of September, we'll have a special guest uh, on. I've booked Charles Haywood, who's been a part of some controversy lately this week um, with so, some the G3 bros. So we'll be talking to him um, oh. in two weeks, September 14th, Thursday live stream. So we do have yeah. some guest booked in the future. Nice. But uh, with that said, the women's only space thing, I think, matters. So you're saying you have some ground rules for women's only space. You have ground rules for what you would. Did you say you had ground rules for what you would talk about with women? No, with women. If, if, no, with women, it's open. Like, you know, 
uh, whatever. It's open season as far as a woman is concerned. It's open season. If somebody is a non-Christian, open season. If somebody is a brother in Christ, I have uh, I have my own limitations. That's my, you know, that's the standard that. What if they're a baby is, Christian? Yeah, no, I wouldn't do a public forum like with the baby Christian. Like, okay, you know, baby, it's a baby, public Christian. versus private. Oh no, no, private, a private is open. Okay. Yeah, private, private is open with anybody. Yeah. Now, but publicly, I have, uh, I have rules. Now, my understanding of how someone like Ali Beth Stucky operates is she will explain sides of a debate, say what she believes. And largely what she believes aligns with Wayne Grudem, if I'm correct, uh, oh, about me. her theology. And <laughs> Wayne Grudem and John MacArthur, but I think she is aligned with Wayne Grudem a little uh, bit more yeah. on some areas. I'm fine with somebody explaining whatever. I mean, it's good for people to know what you believe, what you stand for, right? So they know what position you're in. That way you're just not all over the place. You know, that's, that's fine. I, I have no problem with that. But, it, you know, just just for me, it's just like, okay, you know, mm, they're just saying things like, oh, yeah, okay, you know what? Boom. Okay. So what about scripture explaining? Uh, <sighs> so I'll use Ali Beth Stuckey as another example here, because she's definitely done some series on, hey, these are some of the most misapplied verses in the Bible, stuff like that. I think that's fine. Okay. So you'd say that's fine. Yeah, I think that's fine. I think that's fine. I think to me that's fine. So for, you know, that's fine. The categories that to me that I'm just saying, here's the reason why, right? I should give a reason why. Like, so for me, I do see that if I was to have a conversation, right? Like, you know, we're, we with the godly man and we are having whatever, a debate, whatever subject. And I happen to know more of that particular subject than that particular guy. You know, that's that would be an embarrassment for him. I know that would just be like an embarrassment for him. Then it will look like I'm trying to, you know, like something else. So I wouldn't want to be the one to be in that particular position. So it's better for me not even to enter in that particular arena. Just, you know, like he had to. Out of respect of godly men, I choose not to engage in certain subjects. Yeah, there's something like mischievous there, like because I would wreck them. No, no, that is that. I just said I wouldn't do it. What if I gave that as an example? I've engaged with you. We're talking about uh, what was the subject that we had? I forgot. What was the subject? I don't know. What in the past live stream? No, like yeah. What was it? The uh, polygamy, whatever. Something polygamy, like that. Polygamy, yeah. Like yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? That's like, oh, right. That's cool. This is right. We can have this subject. You know. It's not a big deal. Like, I'm not, and that's like yeah. one of the only debates, sort of, that I've ever done. Yeah. But that was just so something just like that, like casual. no problem. Like yeah, that was just like, me being casual. I'm like, hey, I'm open, yeah. but I'm yeah. like, you know, that's I, fine. I you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, here. that's like, fine. You know, that's fine. Something like that. that yeah, you know. But even though like, tradition was actually, you know, on the opposite side of me, but I just think that the tradition was also rooted in uh, Roman. Yeah, we were, you know, Roman yeah, law. Yeah, we held to two different positions, but you know, the and then Christians were like, hey, that's good. Let's keep that. Yeah, so that's fine. You know, something like that to me, that's fine. That's okay. But you know, 
now be like, oh, okay. Yeah, because I wasn't really super serious. Yeah. I was yeah. casual. So, was... yeah, something like that I would do, but nothing serious. So, that's where I am. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you think there's, uh, you, you'd say that that's a general ground rule as well? <sighs> uh, I mean, to be honest with you, it'll be, if I would say that I have to back it up with scripture, though, like, you know, I can die on that hill if I was to defend it because they'll be like, okay, now you're getting into the realms where you're explicitly teaching a man. You know? And I don't know how you want to pass that out. So just like, Ish, I don't know. Like, you know, I think you can find yourself trading in a very dangerous territories. So to me, I just, that I just like, okay, I would rather not engage rather than for me to be guessing like, okay, you know, am I in good ground here or am I not? So those are the things. If you're just talking, whatever, it's no big deal. You know, it's just a discussion, whatever. But now you're debating, this is a brother. So I'll be like, ah, okay, this is your position. I'm teaching you this, this, I don't know. So just to avoid all that, I don't want to go through that. I'm just like, okay, you know what? X, 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 these are the things that I won't just do. I mean, if somebody can convince me otherwise, but, you know, from the get-go, that has been my thinking. So Mm -hmm. I kind of want to, uh, switch gears to kind of talk about the side we haven't been talking about and that that is the you know sort of the biblical patriarchy bros that have kind of thrust this issue to me i think the you know the top two people kind of responsible for this sort of becoming some sort of major debate would it would be dale partridge and eric khan am i missing like I, i'm sure the, i would say those are the two biggest names that have kind of pushed this debate Am I missing anyone who should be in a top two? Yeah, pretty much. But every time, you know, Eric comes to me, Eric comes with the package, right? It's, it's Eric accompanied with Brian. <laughs> Dale accompanied with Joey Boy. So it's almost like, okay, you see, you know, it's like a combo, you know? But that doesn't mean that they, you know, every time, like, I do see Brian does engage, but Eric is more... Uh, out there as far as the Twitter is concerned. Uh, you know, Dale has done actually a series buttressing his position as far as whenever it comes to women in terms of uh, theological position, you know. Joe Webon has shared as much. So those are the people that I do see. There's other people, you know, there's actually even other women who are also um, in favor of, you know, these different positions. Now, yeah. I, I know for... Certain like Joel Webin wouldn't agree, wouldn't disagree with um, someone like Megan Basham being a journalist. Maybe he wouldn't agree with everything that Ali Beth Stuckey does. That's fair. I think would yeah, be okay. a, the fairest way to characterize him. Yeah. I know he's a huge name, so I don't want to be you know. Yeah. Uh, but he is lumped in with Dale Partridge and Correct. Eric Khan on this issue. Correct. And I think that's not an unfair characterization. And Ali Beth Stuckey, I think, has sort of addressed or come after Joel Webin because of this association, which, yeah, uh, you know, is kind of the consequence because he didn't pick the fight. The fight just came to him because <laughs> those people picked the fight. Yes, exactly. It's that association that I was saying, like, okay, you have Eric Khan, okay, Brian, Dale, Joe Ebon, like, you know, like, he so, might have not said anything, but, you know. Uh, uh, Dale Partridge is somewhat made the news <clears throat> uh lately so i just want to kind of re uh kind of get into him for a second 
because he's kind of, in my mind, disqualified himself. That is correct. So this is from Relearn, which I think is his theology or his seminary. That's not really a real seminary. Mm -hmm. Um, So and he mentions Joe Webb in here. So he says during uh, so he's kind of disqualified himself in multiple ways. Let me just summarize the two ways in which um, two paths of shadiness that have come up. One, he falsified his resume when it comes to academic credentials as being head of a seminary. He is not academically qualified to be head of a seminary point blank. And that's academic suicide. What he did. So that that's the first issue. The second issue is he seems to have a history of part of his history. Part of his story is that he was a false convert for a period of time. Yet during that period of time, he was doing the, the big Eva circuit and, you know, trying to launch some Christian businesses and stuff like that, which isn't wrong in and of itself. It was just during a period of time that he was in the big Eva circuit where he was a false convert. And then I believe in 2014, he became a true convert. And yeah, he says born again, just a few years before in the fall of 2014 is what he says there. That he's became a Christian in 2014. Before that, he was a false convert. And, um, there's, it's been very unclear, you know, what his actual story is. When he, did he actually become saved? Um, but if we go, this is his statement of repentance. And again, it's kind of, it's interesting in this debate when one of the two tips of the sphere of the trident, so to speak, become, you know, kind of becomes disqualified. Is that disqualify the entirety of the debate? Or just um, a large, to me, a large portion of this debate kind of subsided a little bit after Dale Partridge. I would say he disqualified himself, but he doesn't necessarily go that far. Um, last month, he said he pu- published a statement of repentance concerning detail concerning the misleading language used in my biography regarding my academic credentials. This misrepresentation led many to believe I held a degree when in truth I only completed a graduate studies program. During this process of humiliation, I believe that God's grace was ongoing and ongoing sanctification have revealed the root issue of my sin. While what might not have been widely known is that I entered into ministry in 2017 and was born again just a few years before in the fall of 2014. Prior to this, I was... I was recognized as an entrepreneur with substantial presence on social media. My reputation was built on my marketing skills, which I employed to help build organizations with compelling brands and effective advertisements. It was only through a recent heart-to-heart conversation with my trusted friend and pastor, Joel Webin, there's that connection, um, that I grasped the core of my issue. The marketer's greatest temptation often involves exaggeration and embellishment, which are commonly used in the business world, but I have no plate, but have no place in the realm of ministry. However, when the brand is you, online communication can turn into a breeding ground of temptation for subtle but sinful exaggeration. And these exaggerations in biblical terms are called deception. Regrettably, I failed here. However, this profound realization has allowed me to finally address the root of this problem head on. While there are some accusations about me that are false or unfair, 
there are others where I have truly sinned and by God's grace repented. But in some instances of genuine failure, I've returned to my usual activities too soon. No more healing would no more healing the wound lightly. I want the sin to be fully put to death so that I can work unhindered for the glory of God. Therefore, after several conversations with our church leadership and our ministry's board of directors over the past two weeks, they've advised and approved a plan that embodies repentance, not only in the word, not only in word, but also in deed. And he's outlined several activities suspending, and I will be suspending the, or to the suspending to eliminate the temptation of embellishment and welcome and in, increase accountability as I grow in this aspect. So uh, the formal planting of a church, I, I guess that's uh, so our current church, which meets in our home has formulated intentions over the past six months to transition into a traditional establishment known as Kingsway Bible Church in September 2023. However, uh, basically it's postponing that till 2024. Reformation Seminary, we've chosen not to accept any new enrollments. Um, speaking engagements and conferences, he's opted to cancel any and all speaking engagements in the foreseeable future. Uh, and guest appearances, he's limiting that and uh, refrain from posting on Twitter for a year. So he's going to be out of the picture for a while. Uh, and Instagram, I think, was also in that. Um, so he will be continuing pastoring a local church, <laughs> completing his master's degree, writing and publishing books, weekly podcast production. So he calls this a strategic retreat in order to <laughs> help better himself while he continues his ministry. So part of me wonders, was much of his shtick in picking this fight all about advancing his own brand? Like he was choosing an issue, choosing a controversy to ride in order to become, you know, associated with the brand. I'd... Is that a bad take? Is that unfair? No. I, I mean, if you ask, me, I don't think so. Because one thing that I was, I even asked myself, I was just like, you know, you, you know, you, you have this, you know, you, you know, you, you have stuff in your closet. Why are you actually getting yourself in a fight attacking people who, you know, who kind of know where the, the, the bodies are buried? So to me, I was just like, he shouldn't have done it because he, he started this or, or you know, uh, himself. So now all this stuff ended up um, coming back to the surface. This is not actually like the first time. So there's 2014 that he came to Christ and then there's 2019. So either way, how are you going to have his timeline? If he came to Christ in 2019, this is 2023. There's no way somebody can be an elder because you are, you know, you're young in the faith. The scripture says as much. Well, so, it, even by his own story here, he became a pastor after being a Christian for three years, according to his yeah. thing here. But that's after he was already riding the Big Eva circuit. Yeah, but so degree. yeah, so already, even just off, off that issue, like, okay, so somebody's just going to become a pastor after three years of becoming a Christian? And not only that, uh, how he got ordained, right? 
he planted a church in his home and the people in that home ordained him to be a pastor. So technically he ordained himself. So how are you going to ordain yourself? Like it, it just doesn't even make it just, just like what? So you plant a church and that church you planted ordained you. How are you going to plant a church? You are not an elder. So those are the things that, you know. Well, I mean, I think that's possible to plant a church if you're not an elder, if you're in a situation where it's but infeasible he, otherwise. I don't but think he that's was his not situation. The, but that's, we, this guy is in America. What, um, what's Arizona? How many churches are, is, are, is, are in Arizona? I get it. Like, okay, you can be in Amazon jungle or someplace else, right? Where those, the situation can necessitate that. But you cannot tell me that in Arizona, you are in this desperate need situation where you're just going to boom, plant your own church and then you ordain yourself. I I'm not buying it. In Oregon, I'm not buying it. Arizona, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Not anywhere like in the U.S. There are good churches in Arizona. But either way, it's just like, okay, so that's, that's the history that he has. So even now, right, you're going to step down. But guess what he's keep holding on to is that eldership. Like, he, so if, some, if an elder is disqualified, then you need to step down. You can no longer be an elder at least the time that, you're, the time that you've stepped down. So right now it's just almost like, oh, you know what? I, I won't be doing X, Y, Z, but I'm still, uh, quote, unquote, a senior pastor. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily think he did a good job here because I just don't think that's enough. Like, first of all, I don't think he's qualified to be a pastor. I would agree with you there. Second, like, okay, he's going to refrain from his own personal Twitter account, but he's still going to have his marketing apparatus for his podcast, his church. And those, that, those are things that are public. You see right. what I'm saying? So now you still have, so you're still your influencing books. the public. Exactly. So you're still so you're, doing books and yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah. like, okay, well, how much are you really turning back? I get that, you know, he needs to work to eat and stuff yeah. like that. And this is uh, the yeah. work that he does. Yeah. But, but he can step down as no longer be an elder and do, uh, do the other things we, you know, he has to eat, he has to provide for his family. But that idea of just like, no, you know, you have compromised your, your eldership, but you're still an elder and then you're going to do all these other things. So it's just like, mm, this is not, yeah, so that wasn't a good look. And then, um, in fact, to be honest with you, like this stuff, it wasn't so hard to find. So much so I said, like, you know what? There's got to be something that's not right over here. Because there's no way that somebody would put this stuff publicly like that if it's not whatsoever. It wasn't so hard. He had Joe Webb listed there as a professor of expository preaching. He had. Now he's um, opted out of that, I believe. Yes, no, he, he took them out. And Joe Webb didn't know about it. But like, how are you gonna put people who quote unquote your friends holding yeah, on these titles to that are not course. true? They agree to teach a course, but and uh, then you're listening to them as professors or something like that. Yeah, or, or stuff so, like that. But they've kind of declined it. I know Joe Webbin has cut ties with the relearn seminary thing that he's doing. And yeah, Michael Foster also put out a statement. Uh, I can. Yeah briefly read that because i have that yeah yeah up. michael foster same so, thing hey, you know uh, <laughs> so I, I, this he is was what fighting michael... with the owen strand and you had owen strand there i'm like so why are you poking him he knows what happened you know like just don't touch him at least because he knows your situation but 
Right. So this is Michael Foster's statement. He says, I can't endorse Dale Partridge's pastoral ministry. I think he should take a long break from the ministry, submit to the authority of the local church and spiritually grow under the leadership of that church. And I'm going to skip his uh, reasons for delaying on taking so long to speak on this issue, because, again, we're we've made reference to this issue on this channel where we've taken longer. But we also don't we haven't hitched any wagons to Dale Partridge at all. Uh, first. Our online, um, uh, he says, uh, so why say something now? And he says, finally, and most importantly, um, I have had over 20 people with real world connections to Dave reach out to me. Only one of them seemed bitter. All the rest were expressing legitimate concerns and looking for guidance, guidance. The constant refrain was that they felt misled and used. I could identify with that. I should add that most of these people had sincere affection for Dale. I could also identify with that. Uh, that's a lot of witnesses saying the same thing and doing so in a measured way. It's all agreed with some of my past personal observations. So that's why I have, I have a level of responsibility. People who are going to keep asking for a, people are going to keep asking for a while and real people not just twitter trolls have been hurt dale is a real person he's not pickles on the screen social media dehumanizes us no mm -hmm. one is as heroic as they seem online similarly no one is as villainous as you might think i don't think that's true um dale loves his family they love him i saw it with my own eyes i know that he is sincere he sincerely wants to help people but there are concerning patterns of behavior that must be dealt with i've i've said this to him privately and things have escalated to a level where i must now say it publicly this is my final word on the matter so michael foster someone else who's sort of hitched to dale um but i don't think they're as hitched as some of the other names we've mentioned um weighed in on the subject as well so he kind of also shares the view that he didn't go far enough and that he shouldn't be a pastor anymore. Uh, but part of me still says he he's one of the spearheads of this issue because it's a marketing ploy. It's part of his marketer's mentality. And I've done marketing before. Not great at it personally. Um, hopefully I'll get good at it one day, though. But, but this issue doesn't help his cause. So as a marketing strategy, I don't know, Ray. Like, I think it does. Because you think so? Becoming you know, a polarizing was... figure helps your brand. Because the next topic that he ended up talking on his um, YouTube, he was talking about, he was sharing about uh, his chronic illness. So I was just like, wow, you know, like you knew you're coming from this issue. Then you're going to talk about this chronic illness. I mean, like, hey, you know, that's everybody's going to be sympathetic. To that issue so you know i guess he's very good at his um his marketing skills so i guess that's kind of my suspicion that's why i wanted to bring it up because i feel like this issue is sort of just made to fuel a social media fight and is not really you know the idea of female christian content creators doing part-time work in order to you know build a platform and spread truth and evangelize even, but not within the confines of a local church. I don't see that as problematic, but 
people are seeing that as problematic, but they're doing so in order to build their own brand because we weren't having these conversations a few years ago. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. But uh, it's so. Is now. it so? The question is: Is this just deeper down the rabbit hole, or is this something else? And Dale Partridge and the story of him is definitely evidence of it being something else. That's what I suspect. Because people who know stuff apparently, this is not the first time. Uh, this is not the first time um, having these run-ins as far as Dale is concerned. And so now I think what I'm seeing is like now he has found a new people that he's sort of like partnering with. So that's also creating other new people who are not aware about this particular background. Well, yeah, it's so, like the music man. Yeah, so, so now the stuff is coming up. So, you know, to some of us, it's like, oh, this is like a new information. But other people be like, oh, you know, he's been at it for quite some time. So now, because he's attached to these other new people, it's just like, okay, you know, because uh, Joe Webb on platform him, the last conference, he was even scheduled for this, um, the next one he's having. But now he stepped down because of this situation. So it's just like, okay, so, you know, you, you platform Dale, you know what I mean? You are in lockstep with Dale. Uh, what say you? And, you know, he tweeted commending him like, oh, you know, good for you for stepping down. We wish you well and everything else. But I'm just like, okay, you know, people are just not talking about it, which is fine. You know, he has to repent and everything. But, you know, I know how uh, Joe Webber was. If Dale was a G3 guy, I'm telling you, <laughs> Twitter would have shut down by now. Okay. They would have eaten this guy alive. But, you know, yeah, say what you will about the G3 guy. They they didn't say anything as far as the Dale Patrick situation is concerned, but they could have because he had Owen Strand as one of his, you know, professors on the website as well. And that wasn't true. Dustin Page wasn't true. No, All they the just go after had. Charles Haywood and Nate, <laughs> Nate Fisher. <laughs> yeah, but like to me, I'm like, okay, so you you listed Owen Strand, but you're the first one. Who is throwing stones at Owen Strand? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Maybe they just didn't want to take out their own friendly fire because they got Owen Strand. He's in his, in the middle of his woke revert. Yeah, but uh, but Dale is the one who was putting Owen Strand as one of his uh, uh, professors at his school. It's something that never happened. So like, okay, so here you are, Dale. Okay, you don't jive with Owen Strand. Then why is he listed as one of your uh, professors at your own school? Then you're out here saying like, because oh, Owen Strand is the one who changed. Yeah. I mean, Dale no, I, has changed a lot, apparently. Yeah, but, that's no. The, the, I have no problem with like that. Twitter camps or whatever, <laughs> theological camps. Owen Strand is the one who's changed, not the yeah, people so who, to are, me, who were formerly his allies. I get it, but like to me, what I'm saying is, Dale knows that Owen Strand knows his situation. Why would you be the first one to throw a stone at Owen Strand? To me, it's a question. <laughs> Wait, Dale Partridge has gone after Owen Strand? Yes, because that's how all this thing uh, uh, started. What what did he do to Owen Strand? No, he had put out whatever a tweet, you know, calling out Owen Strand. For what? And then the thing, you know, these, these disagreements on Twitter. It's been a minute. That's why I was just like, huh? what are you doing, Dale? <laughs> yeah, so that's what happened. But, you know, the Twitter was. Okay, so he, yeah. well, Owen Strand probably didn't know about that, but 
evidently. No, he knew because he was at his school. <laughs> well, he did, he knew that Dale was at Owen's Dale school. Dale didn't at have a doctorate. Because he listed him. So Dell said even last year that he Owen Strand was his professor. The same Dell had Owen Strand listed as one of the professors at this same school. You know, it's just like, yeah, so many stories of, of, of Dale, you know. But that's good. At least he repainted. He's working on himself. So and that's All good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really hope that he, uh, first of all, takes a little bit more steps to repent, but I'm glad that he's take, trying to take some steps to repent. It does yeah. seem to be evidence of a contrite heart and someone who is genuinely saved, but, you know, kind of someone who needs to spiritually mature a little bit. Uh, but I don't know. I, don't, I, I think, it, I, I, again, I, I'm skeptical. <laughs> But well, I mean, I, really I, I think people you understand if people are skeptical because this is not the first time, right? right. So, is this the the very time that you have denounced that you're gonna do well, you know? And if people are skeptical, you cannot blame them because just like oh, that's what you said before. You're saying this, so how do you know that this time around you actually meant what you're saying? Yeah, Only I mean, I don't see. Tell. I'm not someone who sees marketing as inherently lying or embellishing. It might be, you know, what what words you use, like different words that have the same meaning but different connotation. It might be something like that, but yeah. But at like, the minimum, marketing doesn't. What was he marketing before he was a professing Christian? I mean, the first time he was a professing Christian, what was he marketing that was causing him to lie then? Oh, I know, like you know, he had shared that he was involved, you know, uh, at the beginning of Facebook, at the beginning of the stuff is there online, you know. Well, I've seen some of the, you know, the Christian yeah. coffee store and stuff like that. Yeah. That never the Christian version of Starbucks that yeah. never took off. Yeah. So I, either way, if this that. was somebody else and it wasn't Dale, would he recommend that person step down as a pastor if it wasn't Dale? And Dale is the one canceling that person. What would what is Dale's position, biblically speaking? If this person is not Dale Partridge, if it was somebody else. so Yeah, would Dale be hypocritical? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You see what I'm saying? So again, once again, just like, okay, you guys are promoting these theological things in a public square, but you are not practicing this simple thing as far as what the qualification of our elders is concerned. At this point, you're disqualified yourself. You're still holding on to this issue. So now you want to come out here, tell us that we should just stay in our devotional domain? Like, no, man, <laughs> we're out here. <laughs> we're out here, okay? But, because yeah. I guess, you know, as I go, these women who are always looking into stuff, those are the ones who are exposing these things. They need to go back to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how did this issue get exposed? Do you know that? Uh, there's, um, you got uh, caught before he confessed, right? Yes. So who? Yes. How correct. did he get caught? Same thing. Posting stuff online, and somebody just you know uh, put out, and then uh, question. There was a lady, her name Andrea. She put the whole timeline, you know. Okay, so someone posted a long thread. Yes, it was just the whole him. timeline. Yes, with the receipts and everything. Okay. Yeah. So. That, that seems to have covered a lot of this issue. Is there anything else to cover as far as this issue goes? 
No, I think that's you know that yeah that's pretty much it. You know, as far it's an ongoing thing, so you know. I don't know how, but how much more legs does this issue have if one of the uh, wheels is taken out, so to speak, or is he taking himself out? Oh, so I think yeah. To me, I'm like okay. If you ask me, my thing would be like I think that that's fine, but the question still remains, right? Like okay, so. Uh, you know the other guys, like you know, like what's his name, uh, Foster, right? Put out a right. statement, and he's done. You see what I'm saying? So I don't see anybody who can question Foster's thing, right? To my knowledge, Joe Webon hasn't put out any statement. So is he going to put out a statement? If not, why not? Because he's, uh, you know, he platformed Dale. You know, right now Dale just stepped down because of this situation. So those are the things, right? Like the only thing he said was distance himself not to bring on this call. Just like, no, man, you guys carried water for, for Dale. So if you're not going to come out and just issue whatever statement you leave, it, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you know, especially Joe Webber has been on record. MacArthur needs to repent publicly, repent publicly for shutting down his church. Okay, I agree with you. MacArthur needs to repent publicly. So that never happened. So publicly, is Joe Webber going to issue out a statement? Does he have to? But it's just like, if you're asking other people to do certain things, you should be able to follow through yourself too. If not, then, you know, then either you don't say anything. But if you say something, the people will be expecting the same thing to, to, to the things that you say as well. Not that he's required to put out a I, statement. I'm double checking. But Yeah, uh, okay, go ahead and check. But that's the thing. To no, my knowledge, he has said, no I love Dale. I'm trying to look for a statement. <laughs> There's no statement. You find it, put it out here. You know? So uh, it's not a statement, it. statement, but he says <laughs> his failure is not trivial. He's owned it. And godly men, including myself, have privately encouraged him to step back for a while. So far, he's responded well. The conference is still nine months away. I'm giving it some time before making a reactionary decision. Simply to distance myself from the endless quest for self-preservation. I will not join the mob. I hope you will understand. I'm trying to look for a statement on him uh, talking about this issue. It seems like Joe Webin, as of now, is still having Dale Parker speak at his conference, which I think is kind of a mistake. But he says he's going to give it some time before he makes that decision. So deferred action on that decision to cancel Dale, so to speak. Um, <laughs> I like you know, because I, I guess he doesn't want to be seen as cancel culture. I guess, but that's not like okay. Uh, can we say that Michael Foster has canceled Dale? Michael Foster hasn't canceled Dale. He had just put out a statement. You know where he stands, and then that's it. You know, so no, I, you know, like no. Right now, he needs his friends around him. He needs people around him. He doesn't need to be canceled. But you know, it's once again is that issue. You know. Even scales is is all we're saying. Yeah, and again, when I talked about blueprint, the blueprint for Christendom 2.0 thing, I, I mentioned that yeah, that's a little controversial to have Dale Partridge there, and I I, I said that a few live streams ago, probably multiple live streams at this point, that hey, he, I, I wouldn't do it based on that if someone's reputation is built on you know, lying in marketing, because again, you don't have to be a liar to be a marketer. You don't have to lie to someone to sell them a used car. People just do. And 
you know, even when he was a fake Christian, he should have known that that was wrong. Uh, even and when he was a professing Christian, he should have known that that was wrong. So, mm -hmm. no, yeah. no reason for Willie McLaurin to lie on his resume. And oh yeah, no reason for him to do that either. <laughs> yeah. So, but hey, so. you know. So I think that covers everything. Uh, any uh, last call for comments? But otherwise, I'm gonna. No, uh, tell them where you can be found. No, this was good. I mean, time just went so fast. Okay, so I hope people have grasped because most of this stuff is kind of like going on on Twitter. So thank you guys uh, for you know staying in the stream for watching. We appreciate you. Uh, I put my link in the chat over there. You can follow me. The uh, link Korean is also Bams. in the description. As yeah, well. in the description. Okay, thank you, Ray. So I was yeah, a gentleman this here. time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like yeah. Twitter, you know, if you like Twitter, <laughs> follow me, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Barry and Babs. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Awesome. It was nice seeing you guys. And yeah. I'm going to let you know that if you like Evangelical Dark Web, definitely subscribe to the channel or podcast. Also, um, really helps with the magical algorithms. And don't forget to hit the like on your way out. But if you really want to support us, support us over at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. That's our Patreon-like system that helps you fund the ministry efforts. I don't take a paycheck out of this yet. Um, I'll let you know when that changes, though. It'd be nice when it does. But for now, we're just funding ministry expenses. Uh, mainly the book that's going to come out soon is going to be titled Winning Not Winsome. So that'll be hopefully the next, next best-selling book in this evangelical corner of the internet. Uh, hopefully it's successful. But yeah, and that's what, one of the rewards if you're a Zealot class member. So anyway, um, that's all you need. That's all we got for today. And we'll catch you on the next one. God bless.